Section 1 of Short Stories and Poems for Children, Original and Select. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Campbell Shelp. Short Stories and Poems for Children, Original and Select, by Unknown. The Merchant and the Robber. A robber with his loaded gun had concealed himself in a forest, waiting for the arrival of a rich merchant, who he knew was to pass that way on his return home from the market, in order to shoot him and seize upon his money. In the meantime a storm came on suddenly, and the rain fell in torrents, which caused the merchant to complain bitterly of his uncomfortable journey. He had got about halfway through the forest, still suffering from the violence of the storm, and heartily praying that the rain might cease, when he was startled by a noise not far off, and on looking round, he saw the smoke of the powder from the gun, and the robber himself running off as fast as his legs could carry him. He felt very thankful for his escape, and when he afterwards learned, from the confession of the robber, that it was the rain which had wetted the powder, and thus prevented the gun going off, he clearly saw that what he at first deemed a misfortune was, in the hands of Providence, the very means of his deliverance. THE ECHO George did not know in the least what an echo was. One day when he was out in the fields, shouting and singing, he was surprised to hear his words repeated, as if they came from someone in the neighboring wood. The little boy then called out, "'Who are you?' and immediately he heard the same words repeated by some mysterious force. George then called out again, as loud as he could, "'You must be some foolish boy!' "'Foolish boy!' replied the voice from the wood. George now began to get angry, and said some very ill-natured things in reply, which were all faithfully repeated by the echo. George then began looking about for the little boy, who he thought was mocking him, in order to give him a beating, but all his search was in vain. So he ran home and told his mother how some naughty boy had bid himself in the wood, and mocked him by repeating his words. "'My dear boy,' she replied, "'you are quite mistaken. It was only your own words which you heard. Just as, when you look into a mirror or piece of water, you see your own face reflected back. And if you had spoken kindly,' you would have received back kind words in reply. And so it is in the world, in our dealings with our fellow creatures. Their conduct to us is generally an echo of ours to them, and if we behave civilly to them, they will do the same to us. But if we are rude and ill-mannered, we must expect to be treated in the same way. The Walnut Shell Little Lizzie found in the garden a walnut, the shell of which was quite green. Thinking it was a little apple, she began to eat it, but the first bite she gave, it tasted so bitter that she threw it away. Conrad, her brother, who had more sense, took it up, and stripping off the shell with his teeth, said that he did not mind the bitterness of the husk, for he knew that there was a nice fruit inside, which would more than repay him for all his trouble. Think as a recompense for all thy pains, think on the prize the happy victor gains. The Roasted Goose 
little martin said to his brothers and sisters this is my birthday and this evening we are to have roasted goose for supper the lights were accordingly brought in and the happy children were all seated round the table waiting impatiently for the wonderful dish the servant came in to tell them that it would be still half an hour before it was ready and the children then began to cry but the servant to keep them quiet told them there was a great giant coming who would put naughty children into his pocket and if they were not quiet he should have the goose the children paid no attention to these stories but made more noise to have their goose the servant then opened the window holding out the goose in the dish and calling come giant come and take the goose at that instant a thief passing by said with a rough voice many thanks mrs cook seized the goose and the dish and ran off with it as fast as he could the children seeing this set up a terrible crying which brought their mother and when she knew what was the matter she said as for you children you are justly punished for your rude conduct and instead of the roasted goose you must be contented with a basin of soup for supper to the servant she said i have often warned you against deceiving the children and now as a punishment for your wicked trick i shall deduct the amount both of the goose and the dish from your wages prudence and wisdom are the gifts of heaven by tricks and lying none have ever thriven the coal merchant and the washerwoman one day a coal merchant said to a washerwoman who was looking out for a lodging come and live in my house which is large enough both for you and me but the washerwoman replied no our occupations don't suit for your coals would soil the linen which i take so much pains to wash and clean you are right said the coal merchant black and white don't agree well together and to put clean linen among coals is like good people going among bad they are sure to be soiled and polluted if you would pure and happy be the bad and vicious you must flee the wheat stalk a countryman went to his fields one morning with his little girl to see how his wheat was getting on look father said she look how some of the stalks stand up quite straight and tall they are the best ones and look at those others quite bent down to the ground they are good for nothing the father hearing this plucked one of the tallest stalks and said look here my girl this stalk which you think so good because it is so high and tall is quite empty while the other which hangs down so is full of beautiful grain we must not always judge by appearances a greenfinch and a nightingale before a window hung and all were pleased to hear the tale the latter sweetly sung a little boy who heard the strain would fain the singer see and so his father brought the twain and said now which is he which is the pretty bird whose lay such joy and pleasure brings the little boy without delay replied that's he who sings the greenfinch look how bright and gay the colours on his wings the other bird so dull and plain could never sing that pretty strain but the boy was mistaken which shows that we must not always judge by appearances the masks once a gentleman gave a grand entertainment 
and invited all his friends. In the midst of it, two figures in masks entered the room, of the size of children about five or six years of age, both very richly dressed, one in the style of a young gentleman, and the other as a young lady. The young gentleman wore a scarlet suit, turned up with gold lace. He had on his head a large white wig, and held in his hand a laced hat. The lady had on a dress of yellow taffets, with spangles of silver. Her beautiful bonnet was surmounted by a rich plume of feathers, and she held a fan in her hand. Both began dancing a quadrille, and astonished all present by their graceful evolutions and wonderful agility. In short, the manners and address of this elegant couple were beyond all praise. An old officer, who was one of the party at table, suddenly laid hold of an apple, and threw it to the maskers, who darted on it like lightning, fighting and quarrelling about which should have it. In the contest, the wig and bonnet and masks were torn off, and in place of seeing two beautiful children the company beheld a pair of huge ugly apes grinning and chattering most frightfully a burst of laughter broke from all the guests but the old officer gravely remarked that it was of no use for apes and fools to put on fine clothes for they were always sure to be found out at last in vain the well-dressed fop would cheat our eyes the mask drops off and strips his poor disguise. The Boy and the Nettle A boy, playing in a field, chanced to be stung by a nettle, and came crying to his father. He told him he had been hurt by that nasty plant several times before, that he was always afraid of it, and that now, though he did but just touch it, yet he was most severely stung. Child, said he, your touching it so gently and timorously is the very reason of its hurting you. A nettle may be handled safely, if you do it with courage and resolution, if you seize it boldly and hold it fast, be assured it will never sting you. And so it is with many things in the world. If we grapple boldly with them, we shall come off unhurt. End of section 1